0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: On the way, hit it hard, rebound, bat around,
2: it's taken by Luca. he hits, he hits, with a second to go as he hits.
1: assists, 21 rebounds, 47 minutes played, and now 60 points for the first time in Mavericks history. Hi, this is Luka Doncic, and you're listening to the Mavs Step Back Podcast.
3: How's it going, everybody? Welcome in to another episode of the Math Step Back Podcast. I'm your host Dalton Trigg. I am joined, rejoined by my co-host Drew Johnson. You can find both of us on Twitter. I'm at Dalton underscore Trigg. You can find DJ at Coach Drew thirty three. I believe that's right, DJ. That's correct. Okay, yeah, I always got to make sure I get that right, <laughs> guys. I mean, y'all know why we're here. I mean, if, if, unless you just live under a rock, uh, you don't know by now, but Luka Doncic did something on Tuesday night that has never been done before in NBA history. And, you know, Luka does so many amazing things that we almost become numb to just the normal great stuff he does. But he always finds a way to top it. And that's exactly what he did on Tuesday night against the Knicks. The Mavs were dead in the water. They were down nine points with 27 seconds left in the game. Nine points, 27 seconds left in the game. And they somehow ended up going into overtime. According to ESPN stats and info, NBA teams were 0 and 13,884 in the last 20 seasons when trailing by 9 points with 35 seconds or fewer remaining. And the Mavs became the first. It was literally, by the definition, a miracle win for the Mavs. Unbelievable. And, you know, we'll, we'll get into Luca's historic performance. Uh, you know, 60-point, 20-rebound, triple-double here in a second, but just how they got to overtime, DJ, was something I have never seen before. Like they they couldn't hit any shots, you know, down the stretch to cut into that that deficit. And I was thinking, well, it's over. I mean, they they haven't beaten the Knicks at American Airlines Center since 2017. You know, it's it's just the math isn't mathing here. It it seemed like it was an insurmountable deficit. And then all of a sudden Christian Wood hits a three. Uh, Luca hits a couple of shots. Spencer Dinwiddie hits a clutch three with like eight seconds remaining uh, to cut the deficit to one. And then they foul the Knicks. The Knicks hit both free throws with four seconds remaining. And so with four seconds remaining, no timeouts, the Mavs start to take it up the court and the Knicks intentionally foul. They're not going to give the Mavs, you know, a chance to hit a three. Mm-hmm. Luca makes the first free throw to cut the deficit to two. So he's intentionally going to miss the second free throw. He the way he throws it off the rim, two Knicks fight each other for the rebound. Christian Wood tips the rebound out of their hands. Luca grabs it, throws up a miracle. Like He he, he was off of his feet when he grabbed it, and he just flung it up and in. And then he did the craziest little – I don't even know what kind of dance that was he did. (laughs) It's all over NBA Twitter this morning. But just the craziest sequence I have ever seen to send it to overtime, and then they end up winning 126 to 121. It was the crazy – I have seen a lot of crazy NBA games in my time. Um, as a fan of the sport, I have never seen anything quite like what I saw last night. It was absolutely unbelievable. Luca becomes the first player ever in NBA history to have a 60.20 rebound triple double. The final numbers for him 60 points, 20, 20, yeah, 21 rebounds, 10 assists, and he shot 21 of 31 from the field. And sixteen of twenty-two from the free throw line. Just, just unbelievable stuff. The high, okay. I'm gonna. I swear, I'm gonna let you talk here, DJ. I'm just on (laughs) a roll right now. (laughs) But in twenty-one seasons, Dirk Nowitzki' his high, his career high, and for points scored was fifty-three. And I remember that game. It was, it was a crazy shootout with Tracy McGrady and the Houston Rockets. And they ended up winning. That was an overtime game, too, if I recall correctly. And the Mavs end up winning. Well, 21 seasons, and that's his career high. Luca is 23 years old, and he already has surpassed that by seven points. He's got a 60 point game. And he scored 52 games ago against the Houston Rockets. Like, the, the dude is unbelievable. I can't believe we're fortunate enough to witness. What we're witnessing, you know, immediately after what we witnessed in the Dirk era with no gap in between. It's, it seems we are so spoiled as, as Mavericks fans and media and, you know, just NBA fans in general. It's, it's really crazy how this has all come together. But anyway, let me take a little break here. What are your thoughts on what we witnessed last night? Well, you know, I think that that game,
2: number one, I mean, it just shows you you, you it, it's not over until the buzzer sounds. It's not. And, you know, the fact that they were able to rally late like they did and it wasn't just Luca, it was the whole team. I mean, it was a team effort. Granted, Lucas spearheaded it, but the way that they were able to rally late as a team really speaks volumes to where this thing is headed. Um, it really speaks volumes to how we've kind of battled through adversity uh, here with all the recent injuries. But I will say this, because of these injuries and because of the uh, the personnel adversity that we are facing currently – it's kind of allowed us to see a lineup that uh, we've been wanting to see, particularly uh, two people being in at the same time for the majority of the game, that being both Luca and Christian Wood. Um, I think that, that was probably the, uh, the best uh, route to take all along. And for whatever reason, we had been avoiding it. But hey, sometimes fate intervenes and sometimes you are forced to do the right thing. And, uh, well, it, it seems that we have been forced to do the right thing. Uh, exactly.
3: The injuries have forced Jason Kidd to do what what should have probably been done from the start. But And, I mean, look, and you can continue with your point too, but I just wanted to interject with this point here too. The main knock on Christian Wood has been his defensive, you know, how he plays on the defensive end. Mm-hmm. Since he has been in, inserted as a starter, he has been un- – he's averaging almost three blocks a game since being inserted as a starter. He has become a true rim protector with Maxi Kleba injured. And, I mean, I'm sure, you know, just the human element of it, I'm sure he's more motivated, you know, to do oh, stuff yeah. like that. Being in the – start, you know, being a starting player, you know, he he already thought he was a starting caliber player, and we knew it. And now he's getting that opportunity and Luca's going off. I mean, there's a lot of motivation there for him, not to mention the fact that he's extension, contract extension eligible now. Um, so I mean that's something else we gotta look at too. He he he's eligible for an extension of up to four years, 77 million dollars. There was a report by Tim McMahon the other day that you know the the Mavs are interested in an extension as well. They'd ideally like it to be two-year extension you know, instead of the full four. But, I mean, dude, I I think any extension is more valuable than, you know, potentially having a guy walk for nothing in free agency like Brunson did. But anyway. Well, you know, I'll get to what I think about the whole extension thing here pretty
2: soon. The fact of the matter is whenever they brought this guy in there, we knew that there was the ability and the potential to see what we are seeing right now. Um, and I think, you know, here's the fact of the matter in terms of being an a defensively efficient player there are two main things that you have to look at number one physical intangibles christian wood checks all the boxes he's athletic he's long he can really get up he can get after shots he has the length to bother people in the drive he's got the lateral mobility to be able to switch off on pick and roll situations you know he checks all the boxes the second thing is internal motivation and it's like you said i think playing these starter minutes has resulted in more internal motivation with him um and i think that you're seeing the results of that right now i think that you know he was always he always had a high defensive ceiling i think that now that we're starting to see just where that ceiling is because he has been outstanding and you know it's really saying something it speaks volumes that we are talking about him uh, the day after Luca has the
3: best performance of his career. I mean, he has stood out to me that much. So, absolutely. Look, there was a play. I have to go back and see exactly when it was. Maybe I, I'm thinking it was possibly in overtime. But you know, it was it was one of those stretches where neither team was ever able to uh, you know get a bucket. It was kind of that. It was an important stretch in the game where it's like it felt like whoever scored next was probably going to win the game. Mm-hmm. And the Knicks had – I forgot. Maybe it was uh, – I don't know if it was Quentin Grimes or McBride. They had him over on the corner, and it looked like he was open, and Christian Wood was closing out. He ended up blocking the three-point shot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, that was just – that was unbelievable to see. He was he was incredible. I mean, I, I don't know what has – well, we know what has gotten into him lately. But, uh, I mean, if he keeps this up – you know, the ceiling for this Mavs team changes drastically from what we've seen most of this year. I mean, you look at the standings, I mean, just a few, before this four-game win streak, they were flirting with the 10th and 11th spot in the West, you know, barely being a play-in team. And now you look at it, they're six in the West, and they're only two games behind, you know, John Morant and the third-seeded Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. And then and the next three games are against the Rockets, the Spurs, and the Rockets. Three teams that are arguably tanking yeah, this season. So they absolutely are if they're smart. Yeah. <laughs> Victor Wimbanana, or however you say his name, that that guy, yeah, uh, he is worth tanking for. <laughs>
2: well, there's several people in that class that are uh that, that have some bright futures ahead, I think, but uh, You know, I, I know we're not here to talk about Wimby, but if we're going to talk about Wimby, then I just have to say uh <laughs> that guy's going to change basketball if he stays healthy.
3: Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, when you got somebody that tall, obviously health is going to be a main factor. But I mean, I've I've never seen a guy. That's why before the Mavs went on this current run, they're on. You know, it, it kind of things were looking grim. And yeah, we were it's talking just about like, it. OK, well, what would it, would it really hurt if they punted on this season to try to get Wimby? <laughs> I mean, he would change things drastically. But the thing
2: is, you know, ha- seeing Christian Wood in this light, I mean, Wimby would be great. Don't get me wrong. But I think that if Christian Wood stays on this upward trajectory, uh, he could be very good as well. So oh, yeah, for sure, I think that we uh, we still try to make some moves to acquire some draft picks in this class uh, because it is a deep class. I think we could get some valuable pieces, but I think that tanking's out of the question. I think we make strategic moves, but I don't think we tank because I think that, you know, just the way things are right now, we've got a good chance, man. We've got a shot. And I think that's all you can ask for, especially after the way that we started, you know. Yeah,
3: the West, the West is wide open. I mean, yep. uh, they don't—they uh, call it the Wild Wild West for you know for good reason. Uh, but look, I'm, uh, let me just throw some numbers at you here, just to show like what, just to kind of give more context to what the Mavs are doing right now. Christian Wood, ever since, uh, okay, so now we have a five-game sample size of him starting with Luca. Uh, in those five games, the Mavs are four and one. He's averaging 16.8 points and eight rebounds, two assists, nearly three blocks and a Mm -hmm. steal. Mm -hmm. In 33.6 minutes per game, he's shooting nearly 50% from the field. And this is the thing. The three-point shot hasn't been great for for Wood lately. He's only shooting 29.6% from three. And yet he's doing all this other stuff and being so effective. When that three point shot starts falling, then he's really gonna be on to something. He's a and
2: twenty-five per game score, man. Exactly. He's a twenty-five point per game score once that uh once that three point shots shot starts falling.
3: And his three pointer was the one that ignited that comeback last night. You know, twenty seven mm-hmm. seconds left. He hit the first three to get that thing rolling, and then Luca and Spencer Dinwiddie he finished it off from there. But I mean, he's just been absolutely incredible. And then from Luca's side of things, over the last three games, he has scored uh, 142 points. He has 38 rebounds, 27 assists in that span. So last three games, he's averaging 47.3 points a game. Jesus. <laughs> 12.7 rebounds, 9.7 assists, and he's shooting 61% from the field.
2: We're almost averaging a triple <laughs> double right
3: here while averaging forty-seven a game. <laughs> he, oh my God, <laughs> he is abs- just unbelievable, man! I don't. Yeah. Here's a couple of things that, uh, that that Luca did last night. We already talked about. It's the only sixty-point, twenty-rebound triple double we've ever seen in NBA history. Um, but he joined James Harden as the only other player to ever have a sixty-point triple-double. Period. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it says tonight was also the first fifty-point triple-double, uh, you know, in Luca's career. Obviously, and he became the seventh player in NBA history to record at least fifty points with a triple-double. Uh, James Harden has done it. Russell Westbrook, mm-hmm. Elgin Baylor, Wilt Chamberlain, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And somebody named Richie Guerin. <laughs> Richie so, Guerin,
2: huh? Wow, that's a really old name. But anyway, yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, I didn't realize that. That's something.
3: Um, but here, Here's a couple other things. He tied the Dallas Mavericks franchise record for field goals made, mm-hmm. uh, which is 21. Mark Aguirre had that versus Denver in 1984, so that's mm-hmm. been a long-standing record that you know, hadn't been touched till now. Uh, set an American Airlines Center scoring record. Steph Curry previously had it with 57 back in uh, February of 2021. Uh, let's see. He recorded, let's see. set a Dallas Mavericks record for 50-point games. It's the third of his career. Became the first Maverick with 50-plus points twice in a three-game span.
2: <laughs> wow.
3: Then became uh, the sixth player in NBA history to record six or more forty-point triple doubles, joining Oscar Robertson, James Harden, uh, Russell Westbrook, Wilt Chamberlain, and LeBron James.
2: <laughs> so, it's a pretty elite company.
3: And shout out to Spence. I know we've we've really praised Luca and you know the job that uh that Christian Wood did, but. Also, I mean, shout out to Spencer Dinwiddie. He mm-hmm. he had a really good game as well. Nine of fifteen from the field, hit three threes, uh, was perfect from the free throw line, had twenty five points, six rebounds, five assists, and only one turnover. So, shout out to Dinwiddie. He was he was awesome last night. No,
2: he's he's outstanding. Um, and I think that he is a key third piece. Uh, you know, it's just what we've been saying all along. We lack depth. Uh, especially right now we lack depth and we just need to be, we need to be looking to acquire some pieces in the draft to help these guys out. But I think our big three is set. I do. I think if we can keep these three guys together, um, you know, the future is bright, but we got to get them some
3: help. I just can't, this is, this is like the biggest, you know, got lucky, won the jackpot take it and run with it type of win for the Mavs it it's, it's something that you feel like you're never going to see again it was mm-hmm. so crazy mm-hmm. and the fact that the Mavs won this game against a team that has had their number at American Airlines Center. like i said the Mavs hadn't beaten the Knicks at AAC since 2017 for some ever for whatever reason uh, you know the Knicks have just had the Mavs number in Dallas it's it's the weirdest thing i've ever seen um, you know, because the Mavs went to Madison Square Garden earlier this month and just completely waxed the Knicks by
1: mm-hmm. twenty-one
3: points. But then you get back to Dallas, and it's a struggle. Um, and I mean, obviously the Mavs are injury-riddled. Josh Green is out. Dorian Finney-Smith is out. Kleba is likely done for the year. Yeah, uh, with, with a hamstring tear, he had to have surgery on it. That's unfortunate. Yeah. It sucks. Um. So, I mean, obviously there was some other stuff at play there, but Julius Randle turns into like an all-NBA type player when he plays against the Mavs for some reason. I'll never understand it. But the fact that the Mavs won this game with Tim Hardaway Jr. and Reggie Bullock combining to go four of 18 from three. Yeah. just just feels unbelievable.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's very odd.
4: You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your
3: podcasts. But we're gonna take it. We're gonna take yeah. it and run with it. This is this is unreal. I'm still riding. I didn't go to bed. That game ended around like. 10 30 ish maybe Mm 10 30 11 i didn't go to bed until probably 3 a.m i couldn't sleep just hyped. (laughs) i was just the adrenaline rush from something like that is just unbelievable like if it wasn't if it hadn't been just such an unreasonably late hour i could have probably podcast at 2 a.m last night (laughs) Jeez. <laughs> but I figured, you know, I, I I tried to force myself to go to bed. I'm, I'm glad it worked out the way it did, but man, just uh, what a night, what a night. And I hope y'all enjoy this uh, this intro I stuck at the front of this this pod because it's got a little bit of Chuck Cooper stain mixed in there, a little bit of Mark um, uh, you know, from some of the, the key points of last night. And then obviously we have Luca, you know, the, the prodigy himself, uh, who was kind enough to make us a little intro sound bite for the pod as well, which we greatly appreciate. So um, probably the most valuable intro ever. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we got Dirk to do it back in the day too. I'll have to break that out at some point. Um, that's another thing too, DJ. We, it's been a while since we've been on here because I know you got sick and I lost yeah. my voice screaming at a football game. Uh so it was kind of a weird combination there that kept us from doing this for a while. But I assume uh, you're pleased with the statue that Derek got in front of American Airlines Center. Oh, absolutely. How can you not be? <laughs> How can you not
2: be? It's there was so only good. one thing it was ever going to be. It, it could only be that.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I was, uh, you know, I know people give Mark Cuban a lot of crap, uh, you know, about the team building stuff and, uh, people say he's cheap with his roster building over the last probably 10 years or so. And there, there's a lot of stuff people nitpick about, but one thing people cannot nitpick about Mark Cuban is that he takes care of Dirk. Oh, God. Yeah. And his <laughs> he, players in general, like he takes good care of all of his athletes. Uh, that's
2: one thing that can always be said about Mark Cuban, and that's known league wide. Um,
3: he value, he he values loyalty. The only the only blemish on his resume that kind of contradicts the loyalty thing is how the how the whole Tyson Chandler situation ended after the championship. Yeah. But other is. but other than that, I mean, if if you're loyal to the Mavs, the Mavs are loyal to you. That's I mean, that's just that seems how it always goes. And look, you know, I know people are worried about Luca potentially leaving after his current contract is up you know, if the Mavs don't become, you know, a perennial championship contender. But, I mean, I'm just looking at it. The, the Mavs are always going to be competitive as long as Luka is healthy. And mm-hmm. you know he is watching all this stuff that, that the Mavs are doing for Dirk. You know, the jersey retirement, naming a street after him, uh, giving him a big fadeaway statue out in front of uh, American Airlines Center bringing him back into the front office as a special advisor, like all this stuff they're doing for this guy. And you know, Luca, he's a pretty loyal guy himself with the whole Real Madrid stuff and Slovenian national team. Mm-hmm. I don't if if they stay competitive and you know, based on what he has seen uh the treatment Dirk gets from the fans and, and Mark Cuban and everybody, I don't think he'll ever leave. You know, if he if, if it keeps on going the way it is, I just, to me, Luca seems like the kind of guy who doesn't want to let people down and he doesn't seem like a quitter either. I feel like he wants to, I feel like he would feel like he is escaping the grind, so to speak, if he were to eventually leave, maybe I'm wrong, but that's just how that's the, that's the feel I get from Luca. Like the type of guy he is. Well, you know,
2: I agree with you. I think he's a I think he's a really stand up individual. I think that he's a very loyal individual. But at the same time, the Mavericks owe it to this guy to 100% uh, give him the best chance to win a title because you know, make no mistake about it. You know, he, he he may be loyal for the majority of his career, but if the Mavs do not give him a solid shot
3: at the end of his career, he's going to go elsewhere. Make Look, no bones about it. Dirk Nowitzki himself has said numerous times in interviews, if they hadn't won that title in 2011, he might not have stayed because yeah. it was it was getting to the point, point. he was already 32, 33. You know, if if he hadn't have won it that year it wasn't a guaranteed thing that he would have stayed in Dallas. He might've gone and tried to, you know, chase a ring somewhere else, which, and I mean, nobody would have been able to blame him either. Yeah. You know, based on, based on all the stuff that happened earlier in his career with, with Cuban, letting Nash walk and stuff like that. Um, so, I mean, if it does get to that point, if Luca did eventually leave, nobody would blame him. You know, if the Mavs haven't done everything possible to build a contender around him, but you know, uh, we'll see how it goes, man. I, I've I've been of the opinion that they're going to save all their trade their big trade chips for the summer when those pit, those draft picks open up. Yep. Uh, but you never know what kind of situation can open up between now and the February trade deadline. I look at a guy like Zach Levine, who we've talked about before. The Bulls are awful this year. Uh, they're they're playing well below expectations the dynamic between Levine and DeMar DeRozan hasn't really worked. Uh, And, you know, Zach Levine, he's coming off a a knee injury that I believe he had to have surgery on, and he just signed a big contract. And there's been rumblings about, you know, him potentially being traded at some point. And the Mavs, our guy Mark Stein, uh, who's a friend of DallasBasketball.com and this pod, uh, you know, In the summer, he reported that the Mavs were weighing whether or not to make a sign and trade offer to the Bulls for Levine. So, and then Tim McMahon on a podcast the other day, he said that you know Zach Levine clearly has fans uh, within the Mavs front office. So that's something I'm looking at. DJ, a a struggling Chicago Bulls team that doesn't look like they're going anywhere uh, might have to blow it up, and maybe the Mavs, you know, can get their foot in the door. Um, and get a guy like Levine before the de- trade deadline. Because you add a guy like that into the mix, I know the defense is questionable, but, I mean, the defense is questionable with a handful of guys on this roster, especially Spencer Dinwiddie. But you yeah. can see it, you can see how his offense contributes to, to wins like what we saw last night. You add a guy like Levine in there in place of, like, say, Tim Hardaway Jr.'s role, oh, my God. It <laughs> completely yeah. changes the dynamic. Well... Here's my worry
2: with Levine, and I think you know where I'm going with this. Um, the uh, there have been reports out of the uh, Chicago Bulls locker room that Levine is a uh subpar teammate, and uh, you know, that's part of the reason why there is a wedge between Levine and DeRozan. Uh, those two don't see eye to eye, and from what I gather from what I read, uh, Neither do Levine and several other teammates. And so you know my my uh, concern would be, would he negatively impact the locker room? Would he be okay with being you know the number two guy next to Luca or even maybe the number three guy uh, next to Luca and uh, and Christian Wood, you know, granted Christian Wood continues to uh, make his upward tra- uh, trajectory. Um, you know, would he be able to accept a role like that? And you know, that's the huge deal is role acceptance. And I think that was the issue and continues to be the issue in Chicago because, uh, I don't think that, uh, he has been very, what's the word, um, accepting of his role over there. So well, that's well, here, my concern.
3: And here's the thing, too I mean, you got to take into consideration like overall. You know, team. If a team is winning, then there's not going to be any issues. Any a team is losing and performing well under what they were expected to, stuff like this always pops up. We saw it as recent as last year. You know, how many reports did we see coming out of Washington that Spencer Dinwiddie was a negative locker room guy, and That's there was true. drama, and he was a problem, and everything. And then he comes to Dallas, and it's like, what the hell were these people talking about? This dude's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, was it really Spencer Dinwiddie or or was it Bradley Beal and and Kyle Kuzma? (laughs) Uh,
2: Well, I mean, I can probably make answer that question, but we're not going to get into that. Um, My issue is, you know, and I wouldn't even say it's an issue. My thought is maybe he just needs to change a scenery. You know, maybe he just needs different teammates. You know, exactly. is, it could be the Spencer Dinwiddie. I mean, it could be anything. You know, I mean, we're not in that locker room. We don't know what's going on. Culture,
3: so. culture is a big, big thing. And yep. I know people. I know people have their gripes about Jason Kidd. I you know, look sometimes Jason Kidd will do stuff that it kind of, it kind of makes me scratch my head too. But one thing about Jason Kidd is the players that are playing for him respect him. They know yeah. they know what he's done in this league. They know what kind of brilliant basketball mind he has. And he has the locker room's respect from top to bottom. He's got the respect of that locker room. That's one thing that, you know, is kind of hindering the Bulls in Chicago right now. They're, you know, they don't have a great culture set up right now, in my opinion. And, yeah. you know, Billy Donovan, as as great as he's been, you know, in the past at, at Florida, and then he had a nice little run with OKC, He's just not he's not the type of guy, in my opinion, that can that can keep a locker room together through adversity like what they're going through.
2: No, and it's it's different in the pros, man. Like, you know, commanding a college locker room is night and day compared to commanding a pro locker room. Just because of the age differential.
3: <clears throat> Sorry. Bless you. Thank and you. the, e- I mean, look, I mean, let's be honest. The, I mean, the egos are inflated as well. <laughs> yeah. Oh
2: Well, that's the big thing. The egos, the age. I mean, you know, you're, you're not in there coaching kids anymore. I mean, you might be a few of them, but you're coaching grown men. You know, you're coaching Yeah. 30 year olds, 32, 34 year olds in there. You know, in some cases, hell in LeBron's case, you're coaching someone your own age a lot of times. So, I mean, it's, <laughs> you know. No disrespect to LeBron, but it's true. Um, yeah. So I mean, Udonis Haslam, another example. I mean, I bet Udonis Haslam's about as old as the head coach is over there. Is it still Spolstra? Is he still there?
3: Oh yeah, oh yeah. He, I, I believe Spolstra and uh, Popovich are the two longest tenured head coaches in the league yeah. right now.
2: Yeah, I thought that Spolstra was still there. He does a good job. Um, but I mean, again, the the age thing, you know, and it's just different. And Billy Donovan, I think, is a great floor coach, and I think he was a great college coach. But And, you know, he had a pretty good run with a young OKC team whose ages were closely, you know, related to that of college kids at the time. Uh, But it's different in the pros, and it's different with a team like the Chicago Bulls who have a lot of uh, older veterans on the squad.
3: Well, the thing about the Levain rumors, and I'll end with this point, and we'll hop off here. But the thing about the Levine rumors is, you know, last year, I didn't think trading KP's contract was possible. It was yeah. so large. He has all the knee issues. Uh, I just, I didn't think it was possible to trade him. And then they traded him for two smaller contracts, which, you know, they weren't considered great contracts because Dinwiddie and Burton struggled uh, that last year in Washington. Mm-hmm. But they were able to trade for both of those. They didn't have to give up any draft picks. Uh, and then, you know, it turned into a good situation for him because Dinwiddie mm-hmm. reverted back to his uh, his Brooklyn. I mean, I, honestly, Dinwiddie, as far as his athleticism and everything, once he got a year removed from that knee injury, he got back to his normal self that we saw in Brooklyn before he got mm-hmm. hurt. Uh, but he's actually been better. Like, since uh, – we have a great sample size. Ever since he got traded to the Mavs, he's been a 40% uh, three-point shooter, which has just never happened in his career. But he's always been a good spot-up three-point shooter. And, I mean, guess what? That's what you're <laughs> That's what yeah. you're getting a lot of now in Dallas. So, yep. I mean, shout out to him. Uh, if it's a similar situation, given the big money that Zach Levine makes, paired with the fact that he has had some knee issues, paired with the other fact that there's been some locker room concerns. Uh, You know, maybe it's one of those perfect storm situations to where the Mavs could trade for him without giving up a, you know, a draft pick package that, you know, Cleveland Cavaliers gave up for Donovan Mitchell. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe you get it to where you can make the deal now and not have to wait until next summer when all those draft picks get freed up when this pick conveys to the New York Knicks. So that's what I'm thinking. If it's one of those, you know, the Mavs, especially Nico Harrison, they're going to be op- optimistic, not well, hopefully optimistic too, but they're going to be opportunistic yes. uh, with with these things that come up. And I think offensively, I don't know if there's a guy in the league uh, just from like a, a backcourt mate. That could be a better offensive fit next to Luca just based on his shooting ability and his ability to take it off the dribble, so yeah, no, I mean he from
2: a basketball's perspective on paper, he would be a great addition, and uh you know, maybe, like you said with uh with all these issues arising, we could get him at a discounted price I mean heck package <laughs> package Reggie Bullock and Tim Hardaway jr and send them over there for him I mean <laughs> let's do
3: that. Yeah hey and if all if all things go according to like if if they can do something like that and potentially and and like hold on to christian wood and then get him to sign an extension before or after the trade deadline then you're cooking then you've got you know then you've got a nice little core going and uh it'd be really fun to see how this team does going into the playoffs this year but uh Man, good times right now for the Mass. They, I mean, it has been a roller coaster season so far, and with all the injuries that they've piled up, uh, I don't think anybody saw this four-game win streak happening at the time it did. But man, when when Luca's just going nuclear like he has been, yep. and Christian Wood has has found his his stride on both ends of the court, you know, we're seeing what this team can be. And when Dorian Finney-Smith and Josh Green return. Uh I think this team has a chance to really go on a good uh second half of the season run because Josh Green is, has been arguably, you know, before Christian Wood, uh, aside from Christian Wood and Luka Doncic, Josh Green has arguably been the third best Maverick this season. Yeah. Um he's right up there with Dinwiddie for that mm-hmm. <laughs> for that spot. So it'll be great to get him back and Dorian hadn't been shooting the ball well before he got injured, so maybe he gets on track as well, but Guys, look, we appreciate y'all coming in and listening every week. Uh, we have had a ton of fun with this one. Still can't believe we witnessed what we witnessed on Tuesday night. Luka Doncic, sixty points, twenty-one rebounds, ten assists—just unbelievable. On incredible efficiency too. Uh, we are witnessing something that has has never happened before. You know, growing up, all the greats I've watched in my time. Uh, you know, me and DJ, we we grew up watching. Kobe and Dirk and Tim Duncan and uh, Tracy McGrady and you know uh, the the Phoenix Sun you know all those all those fun teams and that fun era of players and uh, you know I just haven't seen anything like this before so it, it, it's, it it's a treat it's a treat that we get to do this you know almost every other night so uh, guys we appreciate it hope you had a great Christmas hope you have a great New Year's, um, and we will be back on here to talk with you sometime next week, unless Luca comes out and one-ups his sixty-point performance and scores seventy against the Rockets tomorrow night. In that case, we'll have to do an another.
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll be back.
3: <laughs> another emergency pod, but if yeah. not, if not, we'll be back sometime next week. <laughs> All right, guys, we appreciate it. Y'all have a good one.
2: Thanks, guys.
1: The headlines remind us daily.